Aloha and welcome to Digital Nomakes, the no fluff podcast where we reveal the reality of working remotely. A one, two, three, four. Joining me on today's show is Nick Heim. He's led marketing teams large and small in the SaaS and agency space, and in his most recent role as Director of Marketing at Hotjar, he helped solidify the brand as an industry leader of user analytics. Now, Nick and I got to know each other in a taxi ride from Malta Airport to the X Awards last summer, and he's a rock star in and out of marketing, having played and managed bands professionally before jumping into the marketing world. Awesome. So, so Nick, you're joining me from... Sicily today, which is very exciting. How, how long have you been there for now? Yeah, Palermo, Sicily. We've been here for three days. This is the beginning of our third day. Third day. And before that, you were in Spain between Valencia and... Yeah, we bounced around a little bit, but home base was Valencia for about a month. Um, yeah, we, went, we headed up to Barcelona and we got down to um, Malaga as well. So we saw pretty much yeah, uh, the whole side of Spain, north and south. So it was a good month, good month of traveling. Oh, I haven't explored Spain, Spain that much at all, like, given how close it is to obviously the UK. Um, how, how's it comparing for Sicily for you? Um, yeah, Sicily is, is, I mean, there's some, I think there's some similarities a little bit, but the people are completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these Spanish people are really, really friendly, and especially in Valencia and here, it's just, you know, the Italians, they just, they don't really just, they don't care. They don't, they, they, <laughs> I don't think they give away their smiles as easily. As, as they, they got some great poker faces. I'm surprised in, in, in Las Vegas, like, there aren't just a ton of Italians playing poker. They could win some serious money out there. <laughs> Yeah, man, I think so. <laughs> um, and so you're, you're currently traveling with, with your wife and your dog. Yeah, my wife, Meredith, and the dog, Sophie. That's right. Yeah, three months to just kind of take a break from everything and just, just you know, taking some culture since we're Americans. So, so we need to look for some culture once in a while, right? <laughs> you, you need to absorb as much as you can. And then, and then you'll be, uh, so after the three months, are you heading back to the U.S.? That's right. Yeah, heading back to, to Buffalo, New York. Very exciting indeed, very exciting. And so I think you're the first guest on the podcast who is, you are the most experienced remote worker, not just on this podcast, but potentially on the world. Like you've never worked in an office, right? I mean, you're really blowing me up. I'm really blowing you up, but I want to blow you up. So go for it. You've never worked in an office though. I have never worked in an office, no. And it's not that it was, I just realized that one day, really. It was, uh, it was well into, I think, my first real adult job when I was working at a marketing agency. Um, mm-hmm. What was that, about like five, five years ago? I was looking back and I was like, wow, I never really worked in an office. That's interesting. I should kind of keep this streak going. So I, so I have been. <laughs> that, that is amazing. So, so was that basically kind of out of university? You're just like, oh... Or you just, you just decided, okay, maybe the office life is not for me. I'm just happy being in my own space. I think it was just the way that I went about, like, my first careers in my, I, well, the first, I, my first career in my 20s, which was, mm-hmm. I was a musician. I was a traveling musician. And I did a lot of, it was very DIY. We, we did all of our tours and booking ourselves. And that kind of threw me into this sort of working from home type of an environment. And I would actually book other, other bands tours too so i just got into this habit of making money from wherever and it didn't become so daunting um i think as as it would for other people that sort of thought of this is how i make money i leave my house i go to this office right like it just became this sort of hustle for me early on Mm -hmm. and then when i switched gears from music to 
to marketing, I, I sought after that because I liked the freedom so much. And luckily I ended up finding, you know, my first job in marketing with a flexible agency that let me work remote. So, so I just kept looking for that type of an environment when I looked for, for future jobs. And it's just, yeah, that's kind of how it went. That's a, that's a cool story. So, so did the band, was that mainly touring in the U S that you were finding was happening for your, for your band and others that you were helping? Yeah, it was mainly in the U.S., right. Um, I think a little bit of Canada, but yeah, North America. Because that's, that's one of the, the benefits of the U.S., I guess, is it's so large that the concept of working remote is you never really need to leave the U.S. to see pretty much every landscape imaginable. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way, actually. I think you have a point there. Because like, instead of, so for Europe, for instance, it's constantly like on, on, on flights, like cross borders and everything. But for you guys, you just have a passport and it's just right, straight through to the next state onto the next state. Yeah, I mean, we don't even need passports, right? So there is, yeah, there is. No Gosh, yeah, you don't need passports. Sorry about that. Correct. Yeah. What was the percentage of people that don't have passports, actually? I, that's a really good question. There's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't, they just don't need passports. I think that's, that's it's a little bit unfortunate about the States is that, uh, we really don't get out of the States very often. I think it's, it's kind of impressive when people do um, because it's, it's a whole rigmarole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to go to Europe. Why would you do that? Everything's so, you know, everything's here in the States, right? Which is a whole nother story, right? Like don't even get me going on that, but like, yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, there's, there's not as many people as I would think uh, in Europe, for example, or even in Canada that have, that have passports in, in the U S. Wow. And so then, so from, from music into marketing, did you find that transition uh, fairly smooth or a little bit tricky? Like, were there some, some major learning curves for you? I can imagine doing all these tours and setting that up means that you have to be pretty creative in the way that you're structuring everything and actually getting your, your, your band across, right? So is that, is that how you jumped into it? Yeah, I think somebody told me once, that I was doing marketing and I had never thought of it that way. Uh, I was just like, I, I'm just, I'm just doing work. Like I'm just making it, you know, I guess, yeah, promoting things. Right. And I, I never made the connection until somebody along the way told me like, well, yeah, you're actually doing marketing. This would be a next, a good next path for you. Should you get sick of sleeping on floors and living in vans with smelly dudes. And I'm like, yeah, going to happen to you soon. So I'll think about that. <laughs> so yeah, then I ended up, it ended up becoming a natural transition for me. And I did, you know, draw the lines between what I was doing before. And I think just some really basic common sense, um, mm -hmm. best practices for marketing. So it wasn't, it was, it was a pretty easy transition, but I certainly had a ton to learn. I was, I was making so many mistakes, but, I think that's what it's all about, right? Making mistakes, realizing that you're making them and then learning from them. So Yeah, I, I always find the thing with making a mistake or, you know, like failings, you just have then way more information to actually succeed. Uh, but we, we kind of look upon failure or mistakes in this such negative, <clears throat> sorry, such negative light. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. But essentially all it is, is you're just finding more information onto how to do it better the next time round which is which is pretty cool so how, how do you find the transition from the, uh, the kind of band which is obviously like all of you together into working i guess uh, was this from home the, the first initial gig it was yeah i was working from home um it was yeah i, I think it was an, it was interesting because you know i'd never really had um 
I mean, I worked within a team before, right? Like, uh, I guess you could say that being in a band is, 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 is working within a team, right? But it's, it's almost like being in like five different relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you're, if you're in a band with five guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five girlfriends, but not any of our fringe benefits of having a girlfriend. It's just like all, all the drama and, and, you know, nothing else. Um, that's what it ends up being, right? You, you move that over to like being in sort of like a remote situation where you're working. Because it was interesting. It was, it was part of the company was working in a physical office. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, the other half of the company was working remote. Um, so that in and of itself created uh, kind of a, a little bit of an unspoken divide which i i always i think I, I caution people when they talk about you know when they've got a physical office in a physical company and they're thinking about moving to a partial remote that it can if not communicated the right way kind of creates this sort of us and them scenario um mm-hmm. and that i think was something that i i, I noticed early on and it, it was never really talked about so it did create this type of a divide um and i think it can be possibly avoided but like for us it was it was an issue right um especially when you've got some leadership outside of office and some um you know some more of like the you know like the workers and the doers in office it's difficult when you're you know you're speaking to somebody over the phone versus eye to eye um, maybe giving them some feedback that isn't positive it could be seen as as critical right like Mm -hmm. it can be very I think misread at times. So I think that needs to be done carefully and purposefully, you know, I can see that the the one thing I guess is in the UK, especially there's a lot of companies that have like working from home Wednesday or they're kind of partially remote. But my my experience anyway, is you commit a hundred percent to it. I've I've only ever done that in a company that is remote is everyone is a hundred percent remote because you maybe don't have this, um, this, this, this kind of fraction between you who are remote and the team that is in, in office. Is that, is that kind of your experience too over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like the, at the, the last, my, my last place of employment, right, at, at Hotjar, um, I, 100% was, was great, I think. I think that's the way that it should go. But I think, unfortunately, there's, you're never going to, there's going to be instances where you think that you want to try out remote and you need to transition, right? It's not a perfect mm-hmm. scenario. Um, I think it can be done right. Um, so I don't want that to be misread, but I do think it's all about communication. I think it's being really clear and honest and transparent with those in office and those who are going to be working remote so that like all of that can just not become, you know, like closed door conversations. It can all be really out in the open. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way to do it to make it work. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's really important to express what, the remote workstation or workspace or lifestyle is actually like for those working remote because this is this is the purpose of the podcast basically is that a lot of people that i've spoken to and have messaged me seem to believe that i have this lifestyle where i pop from beach to beach island to island city to city working under palm trees etc but i I'm, i'm really just in like a workspace that has fantastic wi-fi as best i can which is normally either from home or from co-working spaces and people seem to have this impression that we don't we don't do any work but it's almost the polar opposite where you have so much more time to do work so you're actually far more efficient and productive um but you so when we when you're at Hotjar, you were predominantly at home and then i remember you you joined a co-working space right i did yeah for about a month just to try that out um and then also i think getting back to what you mentioned earlier too like the space i think is so important that you create for yourself right because like 
yeah, a lot of people can be really productive um, within their space because they purposefully engineered it to be that way, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I also think that, and I'll answer your other question too, right? But uh, I, did, I did hear you say something that I want to circle back on, and that is like actually creating a structure for yourself that is just because you're working from home doesn't mean that everything's going to be grand and, and beautiful and that you're going to be super productive. I think you need to really block off, especially if you're solo, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're like a freelancer or self-employed. Um, you, you have no structure. You are creating that structure. You don't have a company remotely creating, you know, calls and days for you. You need to go out and do that for yourself. Um, and I think you, if you, if that doesn't come naturally to you, then you need to be really, I think, purposeful about that and looking for something that will keep you within a set schedule so that you don't find yourself working crazy hours, right? Um, because there's a flip side to this too. Like you could be working from seven to seven because, you know, you get distracted at home. That happens to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the it's the scenario. I'm in a one bed flat, so you go from your, from your bed straight into your workspace, which is also your living room, dining room, and kitchen. Um, so that I really actually did struggle with, which is why I opened up the co working space opportunity because I actually felt like I needed to have a little bit more structure of exiting my private space yep. and going into somewhere a little bit more. I guess it sounds professional, but yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting, interesting transition. So you think it's crucial to have that structured routine kind of around your day? I was in the same boat as you, actually. So, so to answer your original question was, I, I still don't have a door to my office at home. I have like a really big open floor plan on our first floor, which is mm-hmm. where my office is. Um, and I don't want to put a door in, it'll kind of ruin everything. Uh, so I just, it was, yeah, so function over, um, I guess, fashion, right? Or fashion over function. But I, I it, that was the reason that I wanted to go out and look for that sort of co-working space was just, A, I wanted to actually network with some local folks because I found that I just wasn't really, I had no idea what the scene was like in my town. Mm-hmm startups and for tech right so that was part of it i wanted to go and be around like-minded people um because the gap when you're working for you know a completely remote company of human contact can be vast um so i looked for that and i also looked for just productivity right getting out of my house and being like all right these hours need to be completely dedicated to work before i can go back you know separation of private and working space similar to what you said yeah i think i think that's that that's one of the super things really of the the co-working space is that it is a it's a space to go for for, predominantly i guess for those that are remote freelancers i actually don't think co-working spaces work brilliantly well for those solo and i don't know if you had this as well which was you want to go meet all these people and potentially just bounce something off or anything but we kind of arrive as solo and leave completely solo because everyone's entranced in their own routine. Right. That was my, that was my, that was my experience co-working. No, mine too. Mine too. I, I wanted some human contact and I got none of it. I was just like, I'm just bothering these people. Like, <laughs> like I'm just like, can we, can we talk about work? They're like, I'm here to work, man. We'll talk about work after work. You need to get to know me first. Don't be that weirdo. Right. So like, I kind of was that weirdo right away. I was really excited about being around other people doing work remotely. And it was more like, all right, you need to look, slow it, slow it down, man. Like, well, like get to know these people first, right? Like take me out to dinner first. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's have a, let's have a beer and, and a pizza or some, <laughs> something that's on a, on a really flat ground that, exactly. that kind of builds up the trust, which, which seems crazy, doesn't it? Because on the polar opposite side is when you, you know, you, you join a remote, remote team, you're talking to 50 people over Slack 
or, right. or hip chat or whatever it might be instantly and that there's no pressure or, or trust issues at all yeah that's a good point there isn't yeah but it's, it's more I, I think it's 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 more accepted in that way right mm -hmm. like and i think that when you're going to these spaces too at least from my experience in the co-working space in buffalo that i went to there was you know there was ibm there there was zappos there there were mm -hmm. a lot of these local startups there too right and they already had their own core teams that were also working remote other places too or working you know actually on site this place too like had some some offices as well um so it was a really big mixed bag there um, and it was just difficult for, I think, somebody to come in from the outside immediately. And in one month's time, I didn't give it up enough time. I'll be honest. I only stayed mm -hmm. there because I just, I ended up not using it enough. I tried to only do a few days a week there and just see how it was. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm probably not speaking from, you know, like the most experience when it comes to like the success of co-working spaces. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's good to, to talk about it though. Cause I think it's very, very hot topic at the moment. So kind of, kind of, uh, switching things. I want to talk a little bit more about marketing i uh, marketing is one of those fascinating things to me that keeps uh pivoting and pivoting and and it's got so much weight behind it now especially in software as a service and product that you need to be on top of of marketing because marketing for me anyway is like the the play-doh the glue between all these different uh branches so you know product customer success uh ux every, everything comes down to marketing now and that's that that that's my opinion of it but it would be cool to know how you think it's it's transitioned over the last few years because it, it just seems huge like i i read loads, loads of books about it at the moment um yeah. and I'm, I'm really interested in it on a, on a side side note i don't think i'll go into marketing but yeah it'd be cool to get your i mean i i, I love that you've seen this sort of from your perspective right like because i've seen it as well and i think that the lines are blurred uh, completely blurred now i think you know in the past i think everybody said everyone's in sales um i heard this a lot when i started in marketing it's like mm -hmm. you're not just in marketing everyone's in sales we're all in sales and you know like some of all touch points we all need to be thinking of selling and i think that's completely switched now to like this baked in marketing mindset where like yes you need to think like a marketer in everything that you do like your product needs to have marketing baked into it right mm -hmm. um the copy that you're creating when you're you know, building onboarding um, for a new product or when you're thinking about how to introduce somebody to maybe like cross-pollination of different features, like all of that, I think you need to take a marketing mindset into. And I think at its core is psychology. Um, and at that core is, is the user. Um, so I think we all kind of meet there. And it's, it's interesting because there is no divide anymore. I, I mm -hmm. think the UX, the designer, um, the writer, um, I mean, the writer has to be a marketer, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you know, if you're if, if you're a product person um, in general, I, I think many of them are kind of afraid a little bit of like, oh, I, I'm not a marketing, I'm not, I'm not sure what's what to really do here. But I think the core is to know to know your user and to use their language. And mm -hmm. I think if you take the time to do that, and it really makes marketing way less intimidating because you know when you're starting out, I think just doing the simple things right um, are the most important things so that you're your product can become really easily adopted and understood. Um, and I think that's, that's the beginning of a good marketing. It's just speaking in the language of and understanding your user. I think it's, it's one of the, the core things about marketing now is maybe they didn't previously have that exposure to the, to the user, but marketing for me fully understands the user, whereas potentially a product team, which is yeah, product manager, designer, developers, 
you know, we're supposed to be designing and, and building the experience for the user, but without maybe knowing them as much as other members of, of, of the team. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that marketing kind of speaks the language, understands that customer success are kind of communicating and solving um, kind of pain points constantly. And I think that that communication is something in this next year and in the year after for sure has to improve within a lot of teams probably for, because you're kind of like the um, like the crooks, I guess, is marketing of knowing all of this and, and how we get that across. So I think I think the communication, almost bringing a marketing um, person on the product team, would be my my thinking of how to solve that problem. Sure. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important too that like if a marketer were to be listening to our conversation right now that it was not didn't work for a product. I don't know if they would be speaking in the terms of user. They may be speaking more in the terms of a, of a persona. Um, mm, okay. You know, like one-on-one marketing is understanding your audience and building out, you know, ideal customer profiles. That's a persona. But I think when you start speaking more about SaaS marketing, that becomes, I think, aligned way more with the needs of a product team. And it becomes more product marketing talk. Um, and that's kind of what we're speaking right now, right? The user, I think, is synonymous yeah. with the persona. Um, can tie in these these new terms like jobs to be done really to, to create this really good sort of uh or, organized sort of thought process and user journey so you can understand exactly like where people are stumbling and why when they're experiencing the challenge that brings them to your product and and then you know when they're seeing the solution your product is actually delivering for them um you know like that sort of post value proposition they say mm -hmm. that whole journey like we can geek out all day on but yeah anyway this is not a marketing discussion <laughs> yeah yeah no no no. of course the, the one yeah go for it no 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 go ahead go ahead <clears throat> the what the, the last thing on marketing i guess i would love to talk about is is this this language like i know you mentioned language and um kind of to make it as as human as possible is that based on uh kind of your who, who your who your product's users are or is that just a trend that, that's, that's cropping up versus this kind of very formal robotic uh, welcome email? It's more like howdy or hey, how's it going? Right. Yeah, no, I, I think it's the human. I, I think it's just what we're seeing now that's working is speaking to people like they are people, like there's a person at the other end of, of the stream. And I think that we can all get behind that. And like if we're being honest with each, with each other, we know that that's the right way. Um, mm -hmm automation is great to a point but if, if you're not speaking to somebody like they're human within an automated framework it's not going to work um, mm -hmm. people are really cold to automation because it's been done lazily over the last 10 years um, so I think that's where the language kind of becomes folded in if, if you understand exactly and you know kind of walk beside them and speak to them in the language that they're used to being spoken to and that they're using that's really as simple as what I mean by language okay cool 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 so so going back to remote then so since you started what are the what are the improvements that you've seen whilst being remote either that being the tools um or the people that have started to jump on to being remote oh, yeah what's the improvements that's interesting um i feel like it's way less uncommon now for me to tell people that i work from home right because before i think when i started about seven years ago or so um, I think people looked at me sideways a bit and they're like, oh yeah, the work from home stuff, that never worked for me, you know, like, <laughs> I think they think more like uh, this, like, I, don't, I don't know, like uh, make work four hours a week and make $40,000 $40, a month type of like online scams when they, when they thought of that back in the day. Oh, uh, one of these dodgy kind of four hour work week days. Yeah. 
exactly, exactly. Um, so I had to like, no, really, like it's 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 serious. It's legit. Like I get a paycheck, you know. Um, so <laughs> I think that it's way more accepted now, and um, mainly I think that just you know the later generation is accepting it more. Um, whereas in the past, you know, my mom was pretty worried. <laughs> um, but I would I would say that the technology side is I think it's becoming so much easier now right like in the past i think um the video chats were just it i think video chats are really great now to use like it, it really makes you feel like you're on a team it's more human it's face-to-face -face time whereas in the past I, at least from my perspective we didn't use them it was all audio and um like maybe like uh, skype or something like that um mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I think the you know the emergence of slack has really helped i think teams that are remote mm -hmm collaborate in ways that we couldn't in the past, but overall, I think it's going in a good direction. And I also think there's gonna be a need to even improve upon this right now, because I'm still experiencing a lot of pain points in technology to work, you know, for, for somebody who is working 100% remote. Mm -hmm. What are those pain points, if we could, if we could summarize? I know that that's a tricky one to express just, on, just off your head, but yeah. For me, it is, it's, it's still like the camaraderie. Um, I do, I, I miss, and, and I, don't, I don't have anything to compare it to. We talked earlier in the podcast about how I have never worked in an actual office, right? But I do mm -hmm. know being around a team and how important that is. And it is that. I just feel like that can't, at this point, is not really replicate, um, replicated through like a Google Hangout or through a Zoom chat, really the way that I think it can be in person. And I don't know that there's a way to improve that so much, but the isolation side of things sometimes can really get to me because I'm in the middle of being an introvert and an extrovert and working 100% from home pushes the needle toward introvert too much. Like <laughs> I'm getting these conversations with somebody at like a gas station for like 10 minutes because I'm like, you're a human and I want to talk to you. Right? Yeah. Like, right. So I think that's really the big pain point for me. I don't know that there's going to be a technology that will 100%, you know, like transport somebody next to you. Um, but yeah. I think it can get better. And I think there's opportunities absolutely there to to plug that sort of hole in the market and improve the lives of, of remote workers you know i haven't thought about it much but i, I have a, I have a feeling that you are, you're thinking about it Seven. yeah I, i'm thinking about it quite a lot it's it's because i think we're we're similar in actually personalities a lot of people think i'm extrovert but I, I i you know i am also introvert and i think the the remote side, it, it swings everything towards you being an introvert. So, so yours was the gas station. Mine's baristas. When I go into a coffee shop, I, I will have like a 15 minute conversation with someone making my coffee. And I think to begin, it was, you know, like they probably thought I was a bit peculiar and like, what, why is this guy talking at me more than like with me and like listening and at the same time, but you then actually do build up a bit of a relationship. So all along Bermondsey street where I live, like, I'm really close with all these baristas that, you know, Typically, when I guess during workouts, you just wouldn't connect with those people. Like I think most people who go to work actually never say a word to anyone that makes their coffee. Um, so yeah, one of the areas for me that I'm wanting to explore, which is why I'm trying to speak to as many people who are remote, is just what are those what are those pain points? And I think the the loneliness and isolation is is the number one uh, kind of pain point, especially either. either even if you're introvert or extrovert, I just think it's nice to have human connection. We spend so many hours now on screens and they provide brilliant solutions to everyday problems, but they also create a lot of problems when, you know, even a simple 20 minute conversation 
<laughs> it's unbelievable the, the the impact psychological impact that has so yeah so i think i'm going to be exploring that but i'm i'm, I'm hoping to um to kind of evaluate it over time as i keep meeting more people which would be which would be really cool so how about you so what's what's next on your horizon um as far as working remote goes or just as far as working remote goes even over the next few weeks in sicily what 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 are you up to oh yeah um well i'll answer i'll answer the latter for uh, we're we take, we're taking it day by day here. We don't overplan anything. We kind of wake up one day and we're like, let's go, you know, let's go hike, let's go eat a lot of pasta, let's go drink. Some water. Right. So it's a uh, nice kind of a break from reality for uh, for the both of us, for my wife and I. Um, and it, it's really nice, you know, kind of just to kind of cleanse and reset. So that's the plan here, and then we're gonna move uh, on for our final month in the Canary Islands, and there. <sighs> Let's see, now I'm going to say it and it will be recorded. I'm going to learn how to surf. So that's, that's going to happen. That's I want to see the photo. Not just the photo, actually, because the photo is very easy to get. I want to see the video. Okay. The, video is, the video is the one that you need to get to show that you, A, got up, but also stayed up. That's right. And you know me. I'm really clumsy. I am an extremely clumsy person. So, like, if I can pull this off, it's, it's just going to be, like... I believe in you, man. I believe in you. I think you've got to, you've got to channel your inner musician in you, which is all about the beat. I'm pretty sure. Well, I've been surfing and it's all about like all timing. Everything's timing. Well, from what I learned anyway, I'm, I'm probably going completely against what any surfer would teach you, but for me, it was timing. So as long as you nail that, I think you'll be fine. In like three months, in three weeks time, like you'll be, you'll be hearing from me for sure. I'll be asking. Questions. Yeah. Get, get surf lessons from a guy that's been once. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you know what you're talking about. It'll be fine. Uh, so, so that's next, and then, and then after that, we're, I'll figure. Right now, I'm just weighing my options for what's for what's coming next over the summer when I'm returning returning to to normality. Right, like uh, mm -hmm. it's either going to be a like a consulting side or or I'll go in house. But yeah, just weighing the options for now and just kind of enjoying life. Right, so it's a good. Good man. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you'll have a lot of options presented to you. I've absolutely not having work with you and, and met you. I think. Yeah, there's, there'll, there'll be tons out there. So I think for now, it's just a case of enjoying and relaxing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up there. Really, really appreciate it. So nice to catch up. Totally, man. Yeah, it was great to be on. Thanks so much. How rockstar was that? As Nick mentioned, he's currently doing a little European tour with his wife and puppy. But if you want to reach out to him, you can at nicholasjheim at gmail.com. I'll add links in the footnotes of the show to make it easy to contact Nick. But He's never worked in a typical office, which I truly admire. He also didn't jump straight into marketing, having followed his passion for music first. And this is something I advise everyone to give a go, because the skills you'll learn will be highly transferable into any industry. Nick is one of the nicest guys I know and the best marketer I've worked with, hands down. Mm -hmm.